What's up, everybody? Welcome to At Large Bid. Uh, we start today our conference previews, which means we are that much closer to games being played. I'm Tim Daniel. Joining me as always, Taylor Burkfeld. What's up, buddy? How much, man? Ready to uh, dive into some AAC and Big East basketball. What about you? Um, I am. I am. Yeah. But first, it'd be a really, really terrible sport here. I'm going to laugh at our few. Yeah, suspended for one game. Against what, Dixieland State Community yeah. College? <laughs> but we'll be back the second game against uh, Texas. So good to yeah. see that, you know, he's, he's going to be sitting out one game for them. So hope he hope he can get his assistance in line to beat Dixie State. Yeah. I never so, even heard of that school. Right. Yeah. He said so. he's doing, not doing like their like version of their Midnight Madness. He's like, I won't be there. It's like, no one cares. Yeah, Mark. They they're not there to watch you, man. So yeah. they're, they're there to see Chet Holmgren do uh, discussing things with the basketball. So yeah, I am really annoyed already by Chet Holmgren height. Not even gonna lie to you. Yeah, I mean, luckily this year we talked about it. You know, um, last week or uh, their schedule is a little more a um, little more difficult this year. So hopefully, you know, if Chet's gonna have chances to live up to the hype because he's going to be playing Duke and Texas and UCLA and some other schools like that. So if he doesn't do as well, maybe the hype train will uh, slow down. I'll be interested to see um, him and Timmy play together. That's two guys yeah. that like, I, I would spread the floor and just go at this dudes. Cause how are they going to guard some of these guys? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I, I mean, feel like, but like, it'll work. Yeah, they will. We let, we talk about this, like Chet Holmgren basically being, you know, a seven foot one broom is going to be pretty unique. So, Yep. Uh, yeah, so like Taylor said to start the show, we're going to be talking a little conference uh, basketball previews. Uh, are the two conferences I am most familiar with since I spend the most time around these schools. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to do the American Athletic Conference and then the show with the Big East. Uh, if you've listened to our conference previews in the past where we've kind of gone through every team and told you who came in, who left, what's, you know, we're not doing that this year. We're, no. we're going to make this easy for you. Uh, we'll kind of go through some of the highlights for the conferences as far as team-wise. Go through a few, like, look, we're not going to spend 10 minutes talking about East Carolina because, right. you know, they'll beat Cincinnati because they always do for some reason. Right. And other than that, we'll do nothing this year. It's um, going to be the but, cliff notes. It's like when you, it's it's like you're studying the night before a test. We're going to give you the important stuff, um, some minor details about small, small schools, but those questions might not make it to the, the, the test for, if you get what we're saying. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we're going to kind of have some fun with this. Uh, we're going to start with the American. And I obviously, when you talk about the American, um, you got to start with Houston. They're a Final Four contender. Since Kelvin Sampson's been there, they've been in the mix every year. I think I saw that since he's been the coach there, they are yet to finish worse than third place in the conference. So obviously, you know, Kelvin Sampson's always going to get some jokes about um, his, you know, previous 10 years of co coaching college ball. But since he's been there, he's been awesome. Um, looking at what's kind of coming up, Marcus Sasser will be there. Uh, Trim on Mark, who Memphis fans are uh, not big fans of. Reggie right. Cheney, Fabian White, and there's Josh Carlton from UConn coming in. Um, this is UConn, it's, you know, your typical Houston team. They're going to yep. be fast. They're going to score. Um, I don't know if they'll necessarily repeat the final four. Cause I think so like a lot of those teams from last year that didn't make the tournament are be pretty darn good. Yep. Um, but they're a team definitely to keep an eye on that. I'm really excited about. Yeah. The, the identity of Houston, you know, didn't really change over the last couple of years. They just got better players that still bought into their system. Um, you look at Quentin Grimes, who was a former, you know, five-star 
top 10 kid in the, in the country, committed to Kansas. Um, freshman year didn't go as planned at Kansas. Came to Houston after he transferred. Um, had a really good career at Houston. You know, ended up leading them to the Final Four. He's gone to the NBA. Um, Dejon Jeru is gone as well. But they bring in the guys you said, um, Josh Carlton from UConn. They bring in Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech. Yeah, uh, he's a guy that you know played pretty big minutes at Texas Tech that decided to leave when Chris Beard left to go to Austin. Um, but yeah, it's just the same. The same fundamental principles are still there for Houston. They're going to defend. They're going to make you value every possession of the basketball. Um, and their offense is really good at spacing the floor and hitting shots. Um, Quentin Grimes was fantastic last year with being able to um, when his defender was sagging off when their offense was driving into the paint. He was there at other guy on the wing that could shoot. Um, he was taking guys off the dribble, and he was a really good defender for them as well. Um, yeah, it's just they, they continue to dominate the conference. Um, the last couple of years, it's been Cincinnati, Wichita, Houston, Memphis, kind of the, the core four of the conference. And I, I pretty much see that, you know, the, it's going to continue this year for them. I think they're, they're you know, probably one of the favorites, them in Memphis, so they're probably the favorites to win the conference. And we'll kind of go in order of who we think will probably win. But um, I just think kind of overall with them, their, their mindset, their defensive mentality is something that you're just going to have to continue to watch. Um, but I don't know if they have the shooting like they did last year. Because, I was just going to say, the firepower is definitely not what it once was. Right. Um, but I still think they're good enough to win the conference, be ranked semi for most of the year. Um, they have a pretty good non-conference schedule this year as well. So it'll be interesting to see them kind of branch out off that final four success if they're ready to take that next step, especially before they join the big 12. Um, if they're ready to take that next step and be a nationally like relevant program a lot for a long, when I say relevant, I mean more like with the blue bloods and consistently a relevant success in the tournament or was last year kind of a uh, flash in the pan for a couple years. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I'm really curious to see the mark, the trade of the Trayvon Mark takes forward, especially now that Quentin Grimes is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he only averaged about seven and a half, eight points a game last year, but now he's going to have the ball in his hands more. So really excited to see the jump he takes. Uh, this is obviously going to be a fun team. They're always good. They're always consistent. They're always talented. Uh, but let's move real quick. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to do these, not spend 25 minutes on every team. But uh, yeah, my, my bandwagon jumping of three years ago, the Memphis Tigers. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about what's coming in. Imani Bates, Jalen Duran, Larry Brown, and Rasheed Wallace on the staff, Cody Toppard. So uh, you know, defensively what they're going to do. But this is a group that's bringing back Landers, Nolly, DeAndre Williams, Lester Quinones, and Alex Lomax to add on to the guys they have brought in. And then um, what's the kid from Miami that's coming in? Earl Timberlake. Earl Timberlake, yes. So Kelvin Sampson last year talked about, um, you know, there's two defenses that were elite that he played throughout the, that they played throughout the season last year, that being Houston. Baylor, who they played in the Final Four. I mean, no, the, did they, yeah, they did play them in the final four. That's right. Yep. And Memphis, who won the NIT. Um, obviously, Penny Hardaway's yet to make an NCAA tournament in three years, but this is for sure going to be a team that makes the tournament as long as everything goes well. Um, this is the team everyone's going to be watching in the AAC, obviously, but uh, there's very few people who are probably more excited about this team than me. My big question for this team, one, what do they get from Malcolm Dandridge? And two, what do they get from Chandler Lawson? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you look at Memphis, um, right. Chandler Lawson is a guy that played at Oregon last year. Um, they made a run to the sweet 16 or elite eight actually. Right. Or eight. Yeah. Uh, elite eight. Yeah. Did they lost yeah. to Gonzaga. Yeah. They beat USC and then lost to Gonzaga. No. Sweet no, 16. no. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's right. Yeah. Um, Pac-12 they, basketball. No one gives a shit. It, 
But last year we did give a shit because they went off in the tournament, which was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chandler lost to the kid. Yeah, Chandler Lawson, the kid they bring in from Oregon, um, 6'7", 6'8", can really defend at all levels, extremely athletic, Earl Timberlake, that same mold. He's the guy at, like, at the YMCA or your local rec, wherever you, like, you know, college, wherever you're playing. He's the guy that's built like a brick shithouse, can't shoot from the outside, but slashes towards the rim and just everybody gets out of his way. Um, Timberlake's a monster. He's really good at rebounding, very physical defender, um, finishes through contact as well. Imani Bates, I mean, you know, if you're a fan of college basketball, you know who Imani is. He's a scorer that can score at all three levels. Um, and then Jalen Duran, number one center in the country, coming in as well. That, you know, you say all that, and you're like, wow, this team's loaded. But, I mean, think about who they lost last year. Musa Cisse transferred. DJ Jeffries goes to Mississippi State. Boogie Ellis goes to USC. Um, and Damian Ball ch- transfers as well. But you replace them with five guys I just mentioned that are D1 caliber as well as D1 stars. And you pair that up with what they have um, coming back. Like Landers Nolly is a guy from Virginia Tech that can score at all levels. They're going to be one of the tallest and most physical teams in the country. And I'm very – like I can't wait for the Houston-Memphis matchup because I'm taking the under no matter what it is. <laughs> I because agree. it's going to be 40 minutes of hell on both sides of the ball. So – my bold prediction is Memphis will be the number one defensive efficiency team in the country on Ken Palm this year. Yep. And they'll probably do like 61st on offense because it'll just be Imani just jacking up threes. That, so. that's, all, that's all they'll need with how well yeah. they're going to play defensively. Really, just be like an average offense that stops other teams from scoring and get to the rim. I really think they're going to be really good. Um, this is obviously... This is the gift of, I mean, this is the vision of Penny Hardaway. This is what he wanted all this time, like, you know, to you know, make this a caliber elite program like this and bring in these recruits. Um, now that Penny Hardaway is there, NIL is going to be huge in Memphis, obviously, especially for, you know, um, and the big question now is I'm hoping that we can get answered is, does Imani Bates really have a negative wingspan or is that just a typo in the program? Yeah, that was a weird – as soon as that came out, you tweeted it at me or you sent it to me DMs, and I was like, what the heck? We both were looking at it. I was like, this is not as impressive as the number one kid in both classes. You know what I mean? Like, you expect right. the measurements to be off the chart. Now, obviously, you can go out there and, you know, you can blow it out of the water, and two months from now, nobody's going to be talking about his, you know, pro day measurements. But very interested to see that as well. Um this team, you know, if Penny doesn't make the tournament or, you know, kind of flames out and has like a seven, eight, nine seed, then – I bet the next time an NBA job comes open, he starts to look elsewhere uh, because if he can't make the tournament and make a, not even a, I wouldn't say a run because we haven't seen this team play minutes together. So it's hard. Sorry. You're going to be seeing my dog just jumping up here real quick, <laughs> but uh, if he can't make the tournament with this team and make a run, um, it's very, uh, I'm going to be very disappointed in him and not only because I want to see good teams. And I think they're a team that can, if they mesh together, um, they got a lot of guys. That's my only problem is they got a lot of guys that came from teams that they were the, like the number one option. Chandler Lawson Jandre was Williams. Like, yeah, Jandre Williams, Landers Nolly, uh, you know, Jalen Duran and uh, Imani Bates. Those are four guys that expect to shoot 20, 25 times a game. So watching them game plan exactly, yeah, who gets what, how the minutes get distributed is going to be interesting. But if Larry, I mean, Larry Brown on staff, that's exactly kind of what he's there for. He used to, he's used to managing teams with a lot of talent. So I'll be kind of excited to see how he does with that. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's talk real quick about SMU. Um, yep. You know, obviously, this is a team that had a lot of questions uh, in the offseason. Uh, they did find out that Kendrick Davis is coming back to school, so that helps him a ton. Uh, he was the AAC's leading scorer last year and was also fourth in the nation in assists per game. Um, I know, obviously, last season's kind of a weird year to kind of reference, but um, 
you know, they get some really good transfers in. You talk about Zach Nuttall, who was the reigning because Southland Conference Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Weathers and his brother Michael, they were two leading scorers for their teams in the and then for their teams last year. Um, I really think that they are a top four AAC team. I think they're going to have an NCAA tournament bid. I'm pretty high on the SMU Mustangs this year. Yeah, Kendrick, Kendrick Davis might be one of the best players that nobody really knows about. Um, kind of, he can he can kind of do it all for them, and it, it, their success really relies on. Um, him and what he's able to bring to the table for the Mustangs this year. Um, they had a lot of people leave. Um, you know, Farron Hunt went pro, Tyson Jolly transferred. A couple other guys ended up leaving the team, but they bring in some talent, like you mentioned a second ago, Zach Newtall, some other guys. Um, this is Jankovic is a big year for him. Um, you yes. know, he made the, he made a tournament. He made a tournament right after Larry Brown was resigned, quit, fired, whatever you want to kind of say, <laughs> however you want to say he left. But um had some success there with uh, drawing a blank on the kid from the Celtics name, uh, Simi, Simi Ojale. Yeah. He was there. They made a tournament, ended up losing like Bryce Halford on some wink or hitting three. But, you know, he made a tournament with Larry's guys and started that. He's had some decent years since, but hasn't really cashed in on tournament success or kind of made, you know, postseason that way. But I'm interested to see um, just kind of how this year is, because this is a, this is a conference that usually doesn't get three or four bids per year but with houston and you know memphis being automatics maybe smu or wichita can get those third or fourth bids but kind of all starts with kendrick davis and a lot of people have him as preseason player of the year as automatically on their first teams but i'll be i'll be curious to see kind of how their success goes like i said if it, if it doesn't go well and no tournament success you're looking at kind of a, a hot seat for them so yeah, I agree. For for me, they're kind of a team that really lacks an identity. Like, I don't really know. Like, when you think Houston, you think very good defensive. When you think Memphis, you think athletes that can get out in space and you know, play really good defense. But for SMU, the last couple of years, it's just kind of been like a, well, this is kind of what we have, and we kind of hope to make it work by midseason. Whereas, like, they don't really have an identity that is, like, we space the floor, we spread you out, we run and gun, we play good defense. They're just kind of, like, average all over, which is fine when you play bad teams, but you'll never – accelerate and or elevate in the conference when you're just playing average basketball. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, all right. Last thing I really want to touch on before we kind of go into uh, like, you just leave all the things um, is SMU. Um, obviously or, bringing back, I mean, not SMU, I'm sorry, Wichita like, state. Yep. Uh, Wichita state brings back Tyson ETN, the AAC co-player of the year last year. Uh, they get Craig Porter jr. Back, who's back, who missed a lot of games. Uh, this team's biggest issue is going to be size. Um, they are going to be down a lot of guys there. Um, obviously this is a Wichita state team who's had tons of success. Uh, they've also had a lot of controversy with guys like Greg Marshall and his coaching issues. Um, really, really liked how they made their bounce back last year uh, after the Greg Marshall dilemma. But my issue with Wichita state, I think they're a team that has a really good, a good upside, but man, compared to like Memphis, even Cincinnati and UCF, they're pretty darn small. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The, the, the Greg Marshall debacle handling it to, uh, to coach Brown, you know, the, the video that came out last year when, you know, the, the, um, the athletic director announced that he would be the full-time coach going forward um, players going nuts in the locker room. That was, that was awesome. That was, that was awesome to see, um, you know, that, that the, they buy into the program. Um, they buy into their guy. Cause if not, you know, sometimes you see players transferring out and stuff like that, but I'm with you. They're kind of like that last, <clears throat> they're that last tier for me that like teams that could make some noise in the tournament. Um, Brown has, like you said, Tyson Etienne, Dexter Dennis are two guys that pretty good company to have when you're looking at, um, 
you're looking at players that you need to kind of help you sustain some success in your conference. They get Trey Wade, uh, or they lose Trey Wade, sorry, and they bring in a couple of transfers. Uh, Joe Pleasant, they bring in from Abilene, Abilene Christian and um, Qua Grant. He's a D2 scorer. But they're kind of like – it's they got to get out of the Greg Marshall era into the Isaac Brown era, which is what that identity looks like. I don't know. It's getting Tyson E.T. in the ball. Um, and kind of letting him go in space. But other than that, I'm with you. It's They're kind of in limbo, and this year might be um, make or break. Not make or break for his, six, his tenure, but if he wants to really elevate and kind of move this program back to where they used to be, this is a good second year he needs to kind of go forward. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's just kind of like a different thing for them. Um, so let's go real quick. Um, any other teams in the conference that really jump out to you as far as like, you know, I want to say that I'm really excited for West Miller. I think West Miller will do a fantastic job at Cincinnati. I think he will make them a very competitive program. Uh, yes, Tar Heel alum, as you see by, ta- by Taylor. Uh, but this is a team that's literally brought in, I don't think they brought in one high school commit in Bryson Spell. Um, but, you know, they went out and got John Newman from Clemson. They yep. went out and got Abdul Adu from Mississippi State. Right. Um, so West did a decent job of the short time he had between John Brandon's uh, release and him taking the job. Um, they obviously have David Julius coming back. He's a senior leader. Jeremiah Davenport's back for his junior year. Uh, Mike Adams Woods. Yeah, Mike yep. Adams Woods. So there's definitely this mix of talent there. Um, I just think it's going to take a little bit to get his stuff, to get his program together. I think they'll be middle of the pack. Um, I don't really see them being a tournament team this year. No, but I, I you know, bias aside, I wanted West Miller as the coach of Carolina. Um, you know, or, you know, sorry, before I say this about how much I like Wes Miller, but I did want him as the next head coach of Carolina. Um, love Hubert Davis, but I think Wes Miller embodies what Carolina wanted as well as he's a better X and O coach. Um, he was really, really good at, at UNC Greensboro. Um, the SoCon Conference, which has some good teams, Wofford, Fordham, UNC Greensboro, uh, East Tennessee State when Steve Forbes was there, the, the coach at um, Wake Forest. They're, they had a really good teams there, and he was a really well-coached. Isaiah Miller was a guy that he had at UNC G- uh, G- Greensboro, who's now on the NBA. Um, I like what he did. John Newman's a good good defender. They brought him from Clemson. Um, a duel from – they bring him from Mississippi State was a big guy that has played in some meaningful games. Um, you know, tur- right, beat Cincinnati. At- played in the SEC tournament, played in some big-time environments, so nothing really is going to shake him. A.J. McGinnis is a kid that he brings in from UNC Greensboro who played pretty well last year, um, kind of a stretch four. But the I, I like what they have. They bring it back. Davenport's a guy that buys in, and he's a guy that the team seems to rally around. Mike Adams Wood is a decent guard. Mike Saunders is a guy that, you know, was threatening to leave and maybe go to Xavier or maybe go to some other, you know, some schools. Um Mason he's Madison. back. Right. Mason Madison. He's back as well. They got some shooting. I think. Yeah, right. I think they're middle of the pack this year, but what Wes is already doing a pretty good job on the recruiting trail. Um, and I think his basketball mind is so good that I think, you know, it, his identity is they're going to pick you up 94 feet. They're going to play faster. They're going to, you know, everything that Brandon kind of said he was going to bring. I think that they're going to play. Um, they're going to bring it. You know, West Miller is going to bring it with with some revamped style to Cincinnati. Um, you know, n- nothing against you know Coach Cronin. Obviously, had some really good success here at Cincinnati, but I think Cincinnati is a school that can play up and down and can get that defensive mentality that they they've had through the Cronin years. And um, 
but as well as playing faster on offense can translate to more success. Um, they're going into the Big 12, so if any, if there's honestly a time to have a bad, bad couple – not bad, but have some building years, it's right now before they make that transition to the Big yeah. 12, and Wes Miller can kind of get his feet wet Cincinnati, get some success, maybe flirt with a tournament, maybe make a run in the AAC tournament, but – I'm with you. I don't know if they're, they're a fringe tournament team for me now. I think bringing back guards is better than. I mean, I think that's. I think that's a better spot than they're in than not having guards coming back because at least you have guys that you can hand the ball off to that know how to play um, and kind of can take care of your program. Whereas you know, losing Keith Williams, he fifth year goes to Western Kentucky. Tari Eason goes to LSU. Zach Harvey goes to UC Santa Barbara, and Chris Vogt goes to Wisconsin. I think. I think Harvey Vogt. And Eason, they all kind of need to change the scenery. Keith Williams, he could have came back. But for what you're trying to build with Wes Miller, you don't need Keith Williams to come back next year. He's not going to help you make yeah. the tournament by himself. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they do. Eason's definitely the big loss of that group. Oh, uh, definitely. Because he's no disrespect to Keith Williams by any means. He was a great college player at UC, but. Right, I'm with you. Eason's a guy that you can have as a sophomore year, have him build to make a junior and senior impact year like Gary Clark. It's kind of what they wanted him to be like, so. Yeah. Uh, last team I want to touch on UCF before we kind of go through everything else. Um, really interesting team. Three guys that come back, but they were top 20 in the conference in scoring last year, including Louisville transfer Darius Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, really struggled to rebound last year. Had some big wins last year, uh, games against Auburn and Florida State. Um, and then obviously had their clunker at the end of the year, including the loss to Memphis in the tournament. Um, so, you know, I don't know where I'm at with this team necessarily. Um, I think they're a team that has a ton of potential to be really good, but I'm just not there yet. Right. Um, Darius Perry, CJ Walker, Jameel Reynolds, Sean Mobley, um, are kind of guys that you, you look at and you say, okay, this is time for the wins and games, but the conference being as good as it is, um, they, they still like CJ Walker was a top, you know, top 15 recruit at Oregon who did never played up to his potential. Darius Perry played well at Louisville. Um, but you know, his first year at UCF wasn't great. And now last year was the COVID year. So it's hard to really sink in like who was fully committed, who was fully invested, all those things. Cause last year was such a strange year in college basketball. Um, like you said, they bring back 20% of the scoring, but I think overall this team, they, they, kind of what I said about Wichita, kind of what I said about SMU, they just don't have an identity. They're just kind of – they can beat anybody, like you said, but they can have some head-scratching losses that are going to end up making them look terrible on the, the bubble committee. So Dawkins is a good coach. He's got some talent, maybe arguably not his best year, but I think he's got some of the most talented players he's ever had at the program. So it will be kind of interesting to see how he manages that going forward. I really do like C.J. Walker and Darius Perry's game. So that's something I will be looking forward to watching kind of this upcoming year. So, yeah. So with that being said, all right. I feel like we got four tournament teams in this conference. Um, I think Houston, Memphis are obvious. I think SMU and I think Wichita are going to be tournament teams. Yep. I'll say I'll say five. I'll say Houston, Memphis, SMU, Wichita, Cincinnati. I'll say Cincinnati gets in. You're, I just expect I buying it. some stock. I'm buying some West Miller stock. So anybody who wants it, I got some. So, but yeah, um, you know, we'll do, uh, I think we'll just do, you know, coach of the year, player of the year, coach of the year, player of the year, freshman of the year, um, or something like that. I'll go coach of the year. I'm going to give it to Penny. I think they're going to win the conference player of the year. I'm going to give it to Kendrick Davis from SMU. I think he's really good. Um, and newcomer of the year, Imani. So, yeah, I am going coach of the year. I'm going Penny as well. Um, I am going with Darius Perry for AAC player of the year. I think he's going to have an awesome last year. 
And then um, for the newcomer of the year, I'm also going to Monty, but I think Jalen Duran is going to make a nice run at it as well. Yep. I'm with you. I like, I mean, Jalen Duran, Monty, both are top, top two prospects. So I wouldn't be shocked with either one of them. So yes, absolutely. Um, and th- yeah, I think it's going to be a blast, dude. I'm so excited for the, uh, for this free AAC this year. And it's probably the last time I'll say that for a very long time. Right. Let me get my Big East basketball preview up. I had some notes on them trying to make sure I get going. This is great uh, radio, <laughs> obviously. All right. So, I mean, yeah, Big East has to have a better year than they did last year. No last doubt year about it. Not a great year for a conference that should be as good and as like as entertaining as the Big East is. Last year was everybody beat everybody and everybody lost everybody. So it was kind of a frustrating year. Yes. All right, man. So this is going to be really a unique conference, like you said. Um, so last year, obviously, just a weird, weird year. Um, just all for college basketball, not just the Big East. But still, with that being said, they had a really good Villanova team who lost early. Uh, they had a Georgetown team who made a surprise run to the NCAA tournament and won the Big East championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn uh, was a team that played pretty well, played a lot of up and down basketball. Specifically, when James Booknight played, they were a lot better than they were without him. Um, Seton Hall obviously is always competitive. Uh, Xavier had some stretches last year where they looked awesome, and then some stretches where they looked bad. Um, but this is going to be a really, really unique conference. Um, I want to kind of start. Uh, we'll kind of start at the top, and that's the team who's basically been the top forever. Uh, Villanova. Colin Gillespie comes back for yet another year. I want to see this his 18th college basketball season. He's like the LeBron James of college basketball. So did Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Samuels is back. Justin Moore's um, back, Brian Antone's back, Demir Cosby Roundtree's back, Eric Dixon's back, Trey Patterson, the early enrollee they get from their um, last year. Um, it, they were good last year. They're going to be good this year. I think if you're putting a tier for the Big East, I think Villanova's tier one and nobody's really close to them in tier two. But they do lose Jeremiah Robinson Earl, goes to the NBA draft. Um, Cole Swider, who I really liked, ended up going to Syracuse. Um, so I'm not really thrilled to be seeing him in the AAC as a North Carolina fan. Um, but this team brings it all back. Uh, Gillespie's obviously, you know, if he doesn't get hurt, I don't know if he's coming back for a fifth year. But unfortunately, he got hurt and missed the tournament. Um, Jermaine Samuels is a guy that, you know, Jay Wright can – tell him anything and you know Samuels knows how to be prepared for it and knows exactly what Jay Wright expects um you know Trey Patterson's a guy that can score at will so is Justin Moore they both have they both can shoot the lights out and shoot over 40 percent from three um my biggest thing is you know I was so hyped for Brian Antone when he committed to Villanova over, over Duke and I'm like wow like he has been injury plagued and he you know just hasn't been that explosive scorer that I wanted him to be and he's already out for six weeks now um, with a knee problem. So hopefully he can come in, you know, around no- late November, early December and kind of get into his stride. Or, I mean, or unfortunately, I might not be seeing another good year from him. But I mean, it, for you, what, you know, obviously I know you say you were at the game, Xavier beat Villanova. Um, kind of what's your take on Jay Wright and just, you know, uh, you know, got offered the North Carolina job, staying put, has won two titles at Villanova doesn't seem like he's going anywhere NBA wise or going anywhere college wise and won a gold medal this summer. He was part of Greg pops assistant. He was a coach he, on the coaching staff. Yeah, well, he no, was. Coaches don't get a gold medal. It's the weirdest. Goofy. Yeah. Goofy. Oh man. So I think the obvious thing is they're going to be probably one of the top 10 teams in the country. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they're just that good. Um, you mentioned it. Um, 
you know, the all the guys they have to come back. Um, the guys they have bringing in, like uh, Jordan Longino, is going to be a really, really good player that Jay Wright is going to probably have for five years mm-hmm. and make make a really good player. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about Angelo Breezy per se, um, but with that being said, this team you're looking at next year, starting five, Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore, Caleb Daniels, Jermaine Sanders, and Demir Cosby Roundtree, who are all unbelievably talented Big East basketball players. And behind them, you have Brian Antoine, Trey Patterson, Eric Dickerson, Brian Slater. Um, yeah, they're going to make a run at the Final Four again. It is what mm-hmm. they do. So I feel like that sums up Villanova very well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like we said, we're going to try to be brief with these. We're going to try to not overbury with this. I mean, if you're listening for a Big East preview, you know Villanova is the best. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of wash, rinse, repeat for them. They. Jay Wright's a great coach, maybe the best coach in the Big East. Not maybe, he is the best coach in the Big East. Um, it's just, yeah, they have good guard play, very big bigs that can – Eric Dixon, Mir Cosby, Roundtree are guys that are physical. They rebound, they defend really well, and Colin Gillespie's a great guard to have in your program. They have shooters, they have everything. Can't wait to watch them play. Um, they're playing in the Mohegan Sun Tournament, which is with Villanova, North Carolina, Purdue, and Tennessee, all teams that are ranked within the top 20. Um, will be really interesting to see this, pl- them play, especially because, you know – could get a rematch of the 2016 title game and would love to see some good basketball early on in the year. So I'm with you. It's final four bus form this year. I think that's their goal when Gillespie and Sandals came back. So very excited to see them as we get going. Yeah, I agree. Um, UConn real quick, pretty talented. Yep. Um, this is a big year for Dan Hurley. This is year three. Um, obviously has made some really good strides. I thought last year's team, Really kind of just had a few things that just didn't go their way that kept kept them being successful, but really were talented enough to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, Isaiah Whaley coming back, Jalen Gaffney, Tyler Polly, Akoka Cook, Andre Jackson, having all those dudes, that's really good depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in Rashul Diggins, they bring in Jordan Hawkins, they bring in Samson Johnson. Um, they're fairly deep. Uh, this team kind of, you know, last year, like I said, things just didn't go their way. Um, a cook, a cook really kind of struggling to get him back from his Achilles tear really kind of helped them out, hurt them a lot. Uh, but Dan Hurley is a guy that he's not going to let these dudes get down. Uh, right. when things are going well, he's going to make sure they're up and got it. And he might tackle a guy on the sidelines or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty energetic. He's a lunatic. Um, you know, kind of what I was preaching in the AAC with teams that don't have an identity. It's the complete opposite here with UConn. This team Hurley's been there. What? three, four years, third year. This is third year. year, Okay. Yeah. So very clearly he has an identity with the team. They're going to defend. They're going to play hard. They're, you know, they're, they have an identity of the exact that is UConn basketball. Now, Um, you know, losing James book night lottery pick that goes to the Hornets Um, big loss for him. But like you said, they're a deep team. Um, RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin are guys that, you know, can score the basketball. Hurley has them bought in on the defensive end for some, I don't know how he does it, but they're all amped up, ready to play. He's clapping. He's running up and down the sideline like crazy. Um, you know, I think this is a big year for them that they can, they can challenge Villanova for the Big East title as well as some other schools. But this might be one of the first years that, okay, UConn made the tournament last year. Now let's start making it like on the regular. Um, and let's get UConn back to the, the level that they were playing, you know, as we were growing up. So. Yeah, I am right there with you. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, that kind of that group there, uh, you kind of talk about that tier two. Um, I know Three Man Weave kind of had this basically exactly how we did. Um, so if they're listening, we didn't copy you guys, but we are fans. <laughs> right. Uh, we do like you guys a lot. Um, bringing back Miles Kale, Jared Roden, uh, Tyree Samuel, Bryce Allen. Uh, they bring in, you know, um, 
some transfers, like you mentioned. So Kadari Richmond from Syracuse, they bring in Alexis Yetna from South Florida. Um, what was that? I saw Kadari Richmond was one of the best guards on the transfer market. Um, Syracuse not playing him as a freshman was mind boggling. Cause like, that's a kid that you build your program around. Um, Bryce Aiken's a kid that dealt with a lot of injuries last year coming from Harvard. He was one of the best scorers when yeah. um, the Ivy league shut down due to uh, the pandemic. The, I, I, Aiken was one of the first transfers available and he was one of the most sought after ones. He was a guy that was supposed to come in and be miles Powell junior 2.0. So uh, this team, I love Kevin Willard. I think he's a great coach. Um, I think, you know, this is a perfect team for him. He's got a guard that can score. Shavar Reynolds is another – they lose Shavar Reynolds, sorry. But Kadari Richmond and Aiken are two guys that you kind of just spread the floor and let them attack the rim and leave the other one open on the wing. Um, they bring in a lot of guys. Alex Getna from South Florida is kind of a I like him a lot. They haven't had in a while. Um, it's kind of a nice mix of, like, veteran talent as well as some young kids like Rich um, – Richmond or Tyler Powell and Brandon Weston, those are guys that you can kind of bring in and mold to the fit your mold. Um, I think they're going to be really competitive. I think them and UConn are kind of 2A, 2B. Um, I haven't really decided which one I like a little bit more, but I, I think I'd le- lean with Willard and the coaching on that aspect of it just because um, I think he's proven it. It's crazy. Like you look back at Miles Powell, how good he was. And, you know, like he, he, him, that game against uh, Wofford, we should have got a one final, one final, um, send off from Oz Powell in the tournament. And unfortunately he was his senior year was the year of the pandemic. So, um, but it's, it's great. Can't wait to watch them next year. Um, I think they're always a team that always my, our, my memories of Seton Hall is like 11 AM big East basketball on a Saturday. <laughs> and it's just, the place is rocking. And I'm like, heck yeah. Like I'm in, I'm right. I'm ready Xavier, to watch. Xavier so. played there a couple of years ago, beat him, beat yep. him there. And yep. then the 11 AM tip off in Jersey. It was cool. Yep. Uh, which brings us obviously to now the Musketeers. Um, the biggest story here. Uh, besides the fact this is really a big year for Travis Steele, this is, might be his make or break year. Um, yep. I love Travis, love Travis. You know, I've never shied away from it. I want to see this guy be successful as much as anyone. Um, but look, man, this group coming back, this is going to be fun. Uh, Paul Scruggs is back for his fifth year. Zach Fremantle's back. These guys were voted all Big East. Nate Johnson, who kept his year, was before he got injured, was the top three point shooter in the country last year. Um, Colby Jones is a guy that if you talk to everyone, they're just so excited about how good he's getting. And uh, John John uh, Rothstein at him on his breakout players to watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwan Odom, who's super athletic. Adam Kunkel, who you and I know. Obviously, they lose Jason Carter. But like on the other thing, so Jack Nunge comes in from Iowa. Iowa was really good last year. Jerome mm-hmm. Hunter comes in from Indiana, says, I don't want to play for Mike Woodson. Uh, they bring in Cesar Edwards, who they love. They have been talking about Cesar Edwards for a long time. And they bring in Elijah Tucker, who everyone talked about. From the moment that he, they found out he got an offer, it was something Xavier fans were really stoked about. Uh, they play a really good schedule. Obviously, I know about this team very well from being around them for a while. I uh, would have loved to see Brian Griffin get a little more run with them, but he decided not to use his, his additional year. And Jason Carter goes back to Ohio U. With that being said, this is a deep Xavier team. They have a lot of talent. Kiki Tandy decided to stay. Uh, big. Big, big for them. But I think, you know, when you look at it, like Travis preaches defense. This is a team. I think that he's finally going to have a team that makes the tournament this year. They're just too talented not to. Um, and I don't think these issues he's had in years past, as far as like these like four or five minute scoring drafts, are going to be an issue with this team. Um, yeah. but you know, I just think the talent wise, they're just a little behind those three teams we mentioned already. 
Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson using their extra year of eligibility is big. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, the best player on this team is not either one of them. It's Colby Jones. That kid was phenomenal last year. And I awesome. think I think the strides he's going to take this year are going to be something to watch. Um, I think Scruggs is that guy that you you can give the ball to when you need a bucket with a couple minutes left, or you need, when you need a big stop, you can put Scruggs on that guard to stop him. But I think the offense will be better ran and be more efficient when Colby Jones is the one that is facilitating it. Um, Nate Johnson's an excellent shooter. Adam Kunkel's a great shooter. Dwan Odom can shoot the ball. Colby Jones can light it up. I mean, they have no – Jack Nungy's a guy that can stretch the floor as a big. Um, you know, Zach Fremantle, another guy that can stretch the floor as a big. Like like you said, like this is a make-or-break year for Steele. And, like, you know, even making the tournament probably solidifies his job. But, like, if I'm a Xavier fan, I'm not happy just making the tournament. Like, I think that this team can make some noise with how they play. Um, you know, we'll know early. Last year, they got off to a great start. Like they were 11, 12, and 1, but then they hit a wall. Like you said, it was, oh, man, we went four minutes without scoring. And that just isn't going to work in a tournament or work in the regular season anyway. But um, I think this is his best team. Like you said, kind of everything. I'm echoing everything you're saying. This is his best team he's had since he's been there. And this is kind of his kids now. It's not Chris's kids that he – rolled over with these are kids that he recruited these are kids that he brought in through the transfer portal so it's time to see if you know it, the paycheck is worth it basically on his end um i think i, I think nunji's a great guy you can get who played at iowa last year some really big minutes on a really good team jerome hunter is used to the big 10 and you throw that in with all the success that they had last year i think this is a team that should make the tournament and should do fairly well this year so yeah when we do our uh, non-conference games to watch this year uh what that's whenever we do that episode and I'm not just saying this as someone who covers the program. Xavier, Ohio State will be very high on my list. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that that is going to be a scoring fest. And it's at Cintas, so you know it's going to be lit. Uh, they're still mad about the Justin Cage, Greg Oden foul. Like, it's something that Xavier fans have not let go of. Yep. Um, so, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun night. I cannot wait for that one. Uh, real quick, the rest of the conference, um, St. John's, Posh Alexander coming back, Julian Champagne coming back. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but I don't really know. You know, I think this is a big year for Mike Anderson. Uh, yeah, George- they, they they bring in Mathis. They bring in Montez Mathis and Aaron Wheeler from Rutgers and Purdue. Um, I think it's a good year for them. He had a really good year with Champagne, um at St. John's last year. And Posh Alexander is still there. So I think they can facilitate. He That's the team that has an identity. They play the lockdown defense and they run and gun. I think it's a big year for Mike Anderson. Like you said, I think that he can kind of rally around that success and kind of hover around that bu- bubble eight, nine, 10 seed kind of, which is, if you're a St. John's fan, that's kind of what you want. You're never going to get back to the glory days of the eighties and nineties. Let's yeah. just be real. Agreed. Um, I don't really want to talk a whole lot about Butler. I feel like they're basically the same exact team. I think um, this is um, his last year. I forget the coach's name. Uh, what is his name? Laval, Laval Jordan. Laval, yeah, Jordan. Yep. Right. This is, it's a tough year for him. He's, he just, you know, you lose Chris Holtman, you lose Brad Stevens and the program didn't, you know, skip a beat and, with Moten or with a, uh, it's it's been it's been a tough couple of years for Butler. So hopefully he can get some players in there that can, um, you know, he uh, Chuck Harris, Aaron Thompson are guys that are decent, but Jacoby Cole's transfers out. Uh, it's just been kind of a revolving door at Butler. So yeah, the rest of the conference is kind of shocking. Um, this is going to be the first year in a long time that we're not talking about Creighton being mm-hmm. super good. Um, Marquette's probably going to have a down year. And I know everyone say talk about Georgetown because of the run they made the off in the postseason it was awesome, uh, but they lose a lot of those kids too. So I think that 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 four or five teams that we covered to start this start this uh, segment are kind of the teams to watch out for as far as NBA guys. 
right. uh, teams that can make a run, talent level, tough conference get non-conference schedules. Yep. Um, they're the group. So real quick, uh, we'll kind of just do the same thing. Um, player of the year. I am going a little off, off the thing. Your last year I picked James Book Knight, ended up being the highest drafted Big East player, if I remember correctly. Though I didn't get conference player of the year, but got the bag, got more of the bag than anyone else did. Um, I am going to go Julian Champagne for really? Big East player of the year. I think that St. John's is going to run their offense through him. I think his skill set's there. Uh, I really badly want to say Paul Scruggs because I do think as fact that he's coming back for a fifth year. He's going to have a lot of guys around him. The score is going to be big for them, but um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go still a little bit off the wall, but Nate Watson from Providence is another guy I thought a lot about. I, it's funny. I was debating between two people. I think Nate Watson was one of them. Um, if Providence is going to be good, it's going to be because Watson is the motor that, you know, or the engine for that team. Um, my player of the year is Bryce Aiken from Seton Hall. Um, I think nice. he's a prolific, prolific scorer who's coming off an injury. Um, getting back to himself, John Rothstein has been tweeting about how good he's looked at practice for them. Um, I think he's a guy that can, you know, easily replace that miles power role and put up 20, 25 a night for them, especially with Kadari Richmond being there as a guy that can take some heat off of him. Uh, my coach of the year, it's going to be pretty easy. If Aiken has a good year, then Kevin Willard's going to have a good year. And that's yep. my pick for coach of the year. So Jay, right. It's just too easy. Yep. Right. I think, I, mean, I think at some point the, the, that uh, award is going to be named after him. Right. The Jay Wright big, big East coach of the year. So, and award then freshman the of the year, yeah, freshman of the year, um, I'm not really, I haven't really decided. Um, what about you? I don't, who's your pick? Maybe I'll piggyback off yours. I'm still figuring that out too. I was hoping you would have somebody. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we can even do newcomer of the year. Cause I'll, if, let's just do that rather than freshman of the year player. That's making his debut in the conference. I'll just make it easy. Kadari Richmond. I'm going clean sweep for Seton hall. So if Seton hall is bad, like three weeks into the season, <laughs> just tweet at me and let me know how bad that pick was. But, um, I think Richmond's a guy that had success in the ACC. And I think he can, um, do well here in the Big East for them. So, newcomer of the year, playing a little close to the chest, Jack Nunge from Iowa. All right, I think, yeah. I think Travis is going to lean on him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who's played in big time basketball before. It's gonna be really weird when we talk about the Big Ten in a couple of weeks. No CJ Frederick, no Jack Nunge on Iowa, but no Luca Garza, no yeah. right, all these guys, whole new, whole so. new Iowa team. Um, but I just think that that's a guy that they're gonna lean on a lot and. Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be a really fun conference. Tournament teams, I think with the being in the Big East, I know they're not who they have been the past few years. I think five or six is pretty pretty solid. Um, the four we talked about, Villanova, UConn, Seton Hall, Xavier, I definitely think those guys make the tournament. Those are uh, locks for me. Yeah. St. John's, I think, will make a run at it. I think um, I think Providence will make a run at it. Like I said, like Nate Watson's just too good. And Nate Watson, he, Al Durham from Indiana. That's another guy that is brought in. I'm with you. I'll go four locks and six maybe as St. John's and Providence as teams that can kind of tinker and get their way in. Yeah. I know I said I want to talk about Butler, but I still believe they can make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't love them as a team per se. Yep. Um, kind of that lack of identity. They don't. They still only really have an identity what they do well. And everything that they do well, their opponent usually does it better, so it's hard for you to play to your strengths. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think that will kind of sum up our conference previews here. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed these. Um, up next, uh, we're going to do, is it, are we doing Big Ten, Big 12 next week? Yep. Okay. Taylor's been the one planning these, so I'm kind of just going along with the flow. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of talk about, uh, you know, 
we're excited about the Big Ten, who had obviously an incredible year last year in college basketball. See what they bring to the table this year, what that they can follow up. Uh, hopefully, you know, you enjoyed NBA opening night. You've been checking out the bench mob and shot callers as they're getting the NBA seasons now in full swing. Uh, we had a lot of fun kind of getting ready for the year and kind of doing our shows on our TikTok and our Instagram can So check it out. I hope everyone's enjoying all of our work. Have a good night and we'll talk soon. Peace.